Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What, what, what's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with Captain Jack. Captain, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing well, sir. Good. Man, my beard's getting really long. I know. So it's like, almost like... Yeah, looking good, man. <laughs> it's looking good. Black Jack up in yeah, here. Yeah, that's dude. right. Just Black Jack. Yeah, Captain Blackbeard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's looking good. What are you sipping on, man? What is that? Is that some? What is? What this is, uh, what is that? some? Some cherry limeade kombucha. Oh, kombucha. Dude, you're cherry a kombucha limeade? guy. Yeah. Man, I, dude, I love it. I love it. Fried kombucha. Like I've tried multiple times. I've I like I have I I've done due diligence to try to like it. It's just so bad. And I know that I've probably just lost a whole bunch of cred, a whole bunch of street cred with a whole bunch of people, especially like it seems like the homeschool, like 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 the reformed, like homestead community. You know, they're like all the kombucha, like, you know, I got these. What do they call them? Like like scobies or Scooby snacks. I don't know. Like like I got them. I got them fermenting in the in the basement. I got like four of them in there. And, you know, they look like they look like little aliens, you know, and dude, kombucha is just it's. It's not good, and and I feel like uh, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I feel like people don't actually like kombucha. They're just told that they should. They're they're, they're told that they should like it, so they like grimace through it. It's it's kind of the same with like sparkling water. It's like this just puts this just puts bubbles in my stomach, and it doesn't hydrate me. I don't know, dude. I'm choosing all the violence today. Uh, that's just that's that's yeah, just where I'm you, at. You are you, you want the smoke today, Josh. Mm-hmm. You want that smoke. I do. But, hey, to each their own, sir. I, I mean, like kombucha. I drink it. I'm not here to be like the CrossFitter kombucha guy, <laughs> you know that be, that tries to get everybody to drink kombucha. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> I like it. I like the taste of it. Yeah. Nope. If if somebody else doesn't, okay, that's fine. I'm not here to convert you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That's just that's where I'm at. That's just you know, that's just me. 
I don't I don't know what else to say on it. Jack, dude, it has uh, it's been an eventful week. I think both both of us have had a long eventful week. I just yeah. got off of uh, a short vacation, which I was very thankful to have. My wife and I went up to mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bellingham, Washington. All right, way up way up north. Yeah. Uh, had a good time. Um, yeah, tried some good food. I tried I tried some. Okay, so speaking of like kombucha, like weird drinks, right? Mead. I tried mead for the first time. <laughs> All right, that dude. It was, you mm, okay? Mm, Josh, mm-hmm. Josh, literally, you went, you went off. Mm-hmm. I felt like you went off on a Marco to me of just like, dude, I'm, I'm on this. Oh yeah, this is my new drink. I'm now. 100% on it. I can't, I can't do anything else. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Fully invested in this drink now. Well, and dude, here's the thing. Like, like, I don't know if it's okay. I think I think it has something to do with the Norwegian in me, right? So, like, yeah, I, like I think I'm predisposed to like it. But I also found out, you know, how easy <laughs> it is to make your own, right? And I realize that, like, yeah, I, I, I understand the irony right now. Okay, I'm not. It's not lost on me because <laughs> everyone here is like, you just got done. Crapping all over the people that make <laughs> their own kombucha, <laughs> and now you're all like, "Oh, you know what would be fun to make some mead?" It's not the same. Mead <laughs> is delicious and wonderfully honey sweet. Kombucha tastes like it tastes like. Okay, you know what kombucha tastes like? It tastes like you put a five gallon bucket of rainwater outside for three days, let it heat up, and then put some like blackberry <laughs> syrup in it, and then chilled it. That's what kombucha tastes like. <laughs> Mead tastes like it was literally handed down to me by the Valkyries themselves. It's so good. It's so good. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. It's delicious. It's so deliciously sweet. Jack, hey, like hey, I said, yeah. to each their own. It's true. That's I ain't fair. mad about it. All right. So. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stop bloviating on that, Jack. Before we start <laughs> talking about local church stuff, my man, why don't you give us the reformatory cigar of the week? What do you got for us? Yes, the cigar uh, August is for apostates, as yes, per is. usual uh, mm-hmm. this month, mm-hmm. and third in the order. Um, this is the feathered serpent. Mm-hmm. It is a six. Uh, 6.5 by 46 Corona Gorda. It is a Corojo Candela, mm. Dominican Republic of the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Binder is San Andreas, Mexican wrapper. Filler is also Dominican Republic. Um, so the we've been doing kind of like these little history lessons of what's been going on as far as why like the cigar is named this. I don't okay, this one kind of threw me because the feathered serpent it is named after so the uh Quetzalcoatl um or basically basically in Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Um <laughs> the the feathered serpent god dude which was Namor or Namor if you will. Yes, he Namor. kind of like Spanished yeah, kind of like Spanished his name up a little bit there. But um, Kukulkan, uh, so to say, uh, is the god of antiquity. Uh, this unique cigar features a special candela wrapper, obviously once said, uh, once common in the American cigar market. 
Uh, it is a perfect change of pace, smoke, that just might become your favorite. So, Candela wrappers, they are way more grassy and hay flavored. Yeah. Um, this is not everybody's bag, right? Yeah. So, most of the cigars that we usually uh, have reviewed are going to be more of your uh, woodsy, uh, wood kind of smoky or chocolatey kind of flavors uh, as far as your Maduros, your Connecticut's, uh, toasty, especially Connecticut's are going to be more toastier, more lighter and stuff like that. But Candela's are like very much like grassier, hay, alfalfa, Mm -hmm. kind of that vibe going for you. Um, I appreciate those flavors because I grew up in uh, central Washington. Josh knows this, but in kind of like the, the lower central Washington area, that's where a lot of farmers will grow alfalfa and hay and all those kind of more grassier um, kind of agriculture products to ship over to Japan to basically have those cows uh, be eating that stuff mm-hmm. so you can get that Wagyu going. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I appreciate those flavors because I grew up with those smells. And surprisingly, I was not—I was like one out of many kids that was not allergic to those smells growing up. Yeah. Everybody else, it felt like every time harvest season or even like during the summer, like their allergies would be off the hook. Yeah. So yeah, pretty crazy stuff. But this is a good cigar. Um, like I said, those flavors come out. Uh, in this, but you can also, because I think you smoked this recently as well too, mm-hmm. so you can kind of give me another kind of opinion about this, but I thought the burn rate, on, the burn rate on mine was pretty doggone good. Um, I didn't have any problems with the draw as well either. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that consistent hay alfalfa kind of flavor, there's some of that, I think the San Andreas, that Mexican um, just the binder uh, kind of helps out, so it's not just complete, you know, grass bomb. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's actually kind of balances that out as well too. Yeah. So I really like this cigar. It, it's something different, something that people don't often smoke all the time. Um, usually, when people smoke candelas, it's for St. Patrick's Day, and that's about it. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I really like the cigar. Um, I appreciate when uh, a cigar line launches a Candela version um, to try and accommodate for some of their Maduro and Corojo wrappers and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. I really like the cigar a lot. So. Well, there it is. All right. Well, the Winged Serpent by Apostate Cigars. Uh, August is for apostates, right? So that's what we're doing for this month. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, and my friends, you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So, uh, dude, before before we start talking today, man, I wanted to read um, mm-hmm. a really cool message that we got uh, from a listener. Uh, this is from Trenton. Um and uh, this was yep. in regards to an ep that we did uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was actually, I think it was actually before you went on break, actually. So actually, quite a while ago, um, when we did that ep on mm. 
kind of starting to think about like you know creating men's ministries and things like that, right? Um, and uh, uh, Trent gave me permission to read this, so I wanted to share this with our listeners just because this was this is just really encouraging for me. Like this message came across, and it was just really really encouraging because it like any time I hear that this podcast has created a, like any type of encouragement for somebody or gave someone like an idea for something that then was successful, dude, like it makes, it makes it all worth it. Like that's really, really cool. Right. So this is what Trenton says. He says, he says, he says, gents just wanted to follow up on your men's ministry podcast. Uh, he said, I had reached out to you guys on Twitter about possibly doing an app on men's ministry stuff and y'all kindly delivered says, long story short, we had our first men's hangout last Friday, and it went really well. said, he had at least, at least 25 dudes show up. Bro, he had 25 dudes show up. That is amazing. Uh, not normal. That is really yeah. cool. Uh, he says, had at no. least 25 dudes showed up. Best of all, it was a wide age range. Guys from early 20s all the way up to some old timers and everything in between. He says, it was a blessing to see all those guys come out and actually enjoy hanging with brothers that they didn't know very well. He says, the ep gave me courage slash license to speak up and say, what if we did a men's hangout? He says, God used you guys in this, and I'm praying he is going to use this group uh, to grow fellowship and discipleship at our church. Thank you. Dude, man, Jack, that is like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I that's mean, great. Man, what that an great. encouraging message. Uh, and dude, like Trenton, like hats off to you, man. Like sometimes, you know, it's it's hard stepping out in those things, right? I think especially men's ministry because mm-hmm. men's ministry is hard because you have, I think, I think you have the extremes where you have like the stuff that you see online and the like the massive churches and all these like men's <laughs> conferences where they're like, you know, driving over trucks with like, you know, semis and oh they've God. got like the a, tanks. Yeah, the tanks and they've got like a, they've got like a UFC octagon and you're just like, what, what, oh what is even gosh. going on here? Right. Right, or you have on the other side of that spectrum, the the and I and I'll use air quotes for those that aren't watching on YouTube. The men's ministries that are basically we're just going to sit around and basically just just confess sin and then go home. And neither one's yeah. very like neither one in and of themselves is very uh, is 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 very beneficial, right? So I think the, like those are the extremes mm-hmm. that we see. I think you see just yeah. a lack of, I don't know if it's desire or just a lack of perhaps understanding of how how to foster community, like real community within the local church amongst the men. And man, mm-hmm. it, it's a hard thing to do. And I think it takes a it takes a certain type of guy, a certain type of courage to reach out and be like, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's just start small. Let's get together. Let's hang out. Let's eat some food. Let's see what happens. And man, hats off to Trenton, man. That was that's I'm super super excited that you stepped out in that, and it and it worked. You know, like that's I don't know about you, Jack, but when I when I hear stuff like that, it's massively encouraging. Yeah, especially for like twenty five guys to show up, dude. I know. I yeah, that's listen. Crazy. 
we we do so we do um we've been doing a couple different men's Wednesday night hangouts where you just bring your own meat, you bring your own stuff, you grill it. There's a guy who's a deacon in our church, his like grill master extraordinaire. Mm. He grills it. He grills some more stuff as well too. We play yard games. We can you can talk, you can hang out, you can do whatever. There's no like barring, hey, you gotta, you know, you're all forced to do this or something like that. But um and I mean those are times where it's like really I think you get to know people better. Because it's just mm-hmm. the bar is low. The bar is low and when you when you put it that way, you're gonna get more vulnerability yeah. sometimes out of people. Because there are guys that just need to vent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They need to have uh, a sounding board sometimes maybe of just like, am I crazy for thinking that my life is just turned upside down or I'm going through some stuff right now? Right. So, um, but yeah, I think that those, I mean, the Wednesday night, we have one coming up this Wednesday. Um, Those are really good for just really basic foundational fellowship with men in your church mm-hmm. to understand how they can support you and lift up you in times of just either really, you know, harsh burdens, calamity, whatever. Yeah. Or if it's just like smooth sailing and you can celebrate with each other on stuff. So yeah, I think that for you to have 25 guys, like <laughs> we, we're a, and I don't know the size of Trenton's church, but I mean that that's a huge success. And if you keep doing that, and if you keep like replicating that, like people are going to see that, and hopefully see the fruit of you guys fellowshipping together, and kind of just being there for one another. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, as men, I mean, you need to know that you're not out there alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, hundred percent, man. Yeah, I think I think that's something that's often overlooked. And look, this isn't just men's ministry, right? This is pretty much any type yeah. of discipleship ministry, whether it's men's, women's, youth, right? Whatever it is, I think one of the main things that's often overlooked when you're when you're you know, like, say, okay, you have a goal of wanting a successful and thriving discipleship ministry, right? Say it's men, say it's women's, youth, whatever it is, right? Often, so much focus gets put on the end goal and then a bunch of like programmatic things that you can do to get there. And one of the first yeah. and primary things that's often forgotten is the relational aspect of it, right? And I think especially, yep. Jack, especially post-pandemic, I think we have people that are just, that are starving, whether, whether they'll admit it or not, right, that are starving for mm-hmm. community and starving for yeah. relational quality, Right. And just just basic human, basic human relationships, basic human interaction. Right. And I think you see the success when, you know, you see the success in those ministries when you place a great value on that. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you don't you don't make it Christian. Right. And again, that's not what we're advocating for. I think. I think some people hear this and they're like, well, you're just basically creating a, a, 
a social club in church. It's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Like, like <laughs> the reason we're getting together is it has intention, right? There is great intentionality yeah. behind it, right? But you can't just yeah. go straight to the goal, which is intensive discipleship, right? Getting like, like being, mm-hmm. being a part of each other's lives. You can't just jump to that without any groundwork. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of ministries make in church is they just get a bunch of people together and say, okay, now we're going to be vulnerable. Now we're going to be part of each other's lives. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's get into some, you know, some really deep conversations and, and we're going to become really close. Right. And that's just not how it works. Right. I mean, some, yeah, you might have some people that have the ability to do that. But the vast majority of mm-hmm. folks in your church, that's it's like it's not going to work that way. Right. So, yeah, having having that understanding and then realizing, like, look, OK, if my goal is like, let's put it on a personal level. Right. Let's just take a personal friendship between two guys. Let's take me and you. Right. If we mm-hmm. if we started our relationship saying, OK. We're just going to be best friends. Tell me everything about your life. Tell me the things you struggle with. <laughs> Tell me your deepest sins. And through that process, we're going to become really close. And then we'll, we'll, we'll end up doing a podcast together, right? It's, it, it, just, it just doesn't work. It wouldn't work, right? No. But if you think about how you became friends with people especially the people that are closest to you, like you're going to see that a lot of groundwork mm-hmm. was laid, right? The rules don't change when it comes to discipleship ministry, yeah. right? Whether it's, again, it's a, this isn't just men's ministry. This is just discipleship ministry mm-hmm. in general. You got to be willing to lay the groundwork in creating an environment to where that relational aspect can thrive. And it takes time. It takes time to do that. Right. It doesn't mean that you that you don't march toward the goal, but you can't pretend like the goal is something that you can just, you know, crack open the door and we're here. It's like, you know, we got to we got to walk a ways together first before I'm going to be comfortable with, you know, putting my guard down and letting you in on, you know, the things that I struggle with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. um. Yeah, you just don't <laughs> you just don't walk into the church one day and just go up to some dudes and say, "Hey, you're going to be like my friend now, you know." <laughs> that's like that's they're like just, kindergarten. That's just, like, "Do you want to be so, my friend?" Like, like so that's weird. the only place yeah. that it's a, that, that it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, "Oh my gosh." It's like, "Guys, it's like, okay. I I think it's just good, especially when it's coming from the pulpit." When it's oh, coming yeah. from your leaders yeah, and saying, there. like, this is this is needed. This mm-hmm. is what we need. This is what some of some of the men are going through in our church. I mean, some of the women, I mean, target the audience mm-hmm. as best as you need to, um, especially for what's going on within the area around your local church as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, I think if it's coming from your leaders, it's it's definitely important. And then when your leaders show up to it and are vulnerable with you, it is not as 
There's not like this, uh, Josh and I have talked about this before, this like man of God complex sure. where like people yeah. are untouchable yeah. and I can't go up to this guy or else I'm going to get vaporized or just torched, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I just think it's very important when your leaders are up there saying stuff and then also are 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 participating mm-hmm. and are being are are walking the walk yeah. and not just saying stuff and then ducking out because oh I got better things to do. It's like no you don't. Yeah. You you either a shepherd or you just, you know, a two-face at this point. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that, that's absolutely right. You know, and that's that's something like I have I have really made a concerted, is that right? Concerted effort. I heard somebody say one time that that, that phrase isn't right. <laughs> concerted effort. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I have made a, a diligent effort, right? Not to be the guy yeah. that, that skips out, right? And, and one of mm-hmm. the ways that I try to pastor and I have seen fruit from it, from it is being the guy that, that, that is available right now obviously that's a greater con you know that's a that's a big conversation in terms of making sure you don't burn out and you're not you know putting ministry above family and things like that but 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 in a in a general sense in a general ministry philosophy sense right i don't want to be the guy that doesn't show up to stuff i want to be the guy that mm-hmm. that 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 is at those events that is in people's homes that is at the potluck that is at the Bible studies that is at the guys night. Right. And it, I mean, it's easy with the guys night just because I'm the one that's running it. Right. But mm-hmm. if you want that relational quality with your people, you have to be there. Right. And Jack, like what you said is, is so true and that it's got to start from the pulpit. Like your leaders, if you want this culture in your church, it has to be from the leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the one of the ways that I have been very encouraged uh, in my local church, especially like when it comes to counseling and stuff like that, is 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 you know one of the greatest compliments that 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 I can receive. One of the greatest encouragements that I can receive is when somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, I felt comfortable." coming up and asking you about this or talking to you about this because of the things that you say you struggle with. Right. And those are real conversations. Right. And, and, and it, it, it just, Mm -hmm. it, it reminds me how important it is for us, especially those that are in church leadership to remain humble, to remain vulnerable and to remain transparent about who we are. Right. And you're exactly right to not get this kind of man of God complex or not allow that complex to develop, because with a lot of, you know, and this is something that I found, Jack, with a lot of churchgoers. uh, And it might just be because of how they were raised. It might be their church, their church background experience. A lot of churchgoers will default to placing you on that pedestal. Yeah. And it's something that I actively try to fight against just because one, I know what's going to happen mm-hmm. if I start viewing myself like that, nothing good. And two, it, you know, yeah. I don't want there to be a relational separation between me and my people 
because they view me as somehow higher than them or somehow untouchable uh, because of you know the the calling that that that, that God has has called me to right and that's i think that's a battle that every leader has to fight and should fight in their local church because man like i mean you and i have both seen what happens when that's not fought against when that man of god complex is mm-hmm. encouraged and accepted right <laughs> yep <laughs> yes sir um it's just yeah it's just it yeah, when that man of God complex isn't fought against, like you're going to get drisky business. Like you're going to have that happen. Like there's there's no doubt about it. You're going to have this Mark Driscoll effect. And um I don't but yet again too, that's the story of most of the American evangelical church within the twenty first century as well too at this point Mm -hmm. like we struggle with this because we're always waxing and waning because we want these savior types Mm -hmm. to come and rescue us from stuff yeah and then uh, i mean this goes back to even lord's day um so guy named chris uh just graduated from the seminary that i went to as well too for a brief moment in time um he got his MDiv and he was going through stuff as well too. And we're going through kind of first Samuel. Mm -hmm. We're going through kind of David's life and just how the gospel is, is shown through the life of David to these different circumstances. Right. Um, And it's just so many times that, you know, although David doesn't want to become Saul, he becomes Saul. He -hmm. takes on the exact same characteristics as Saul does. Sure. Um, People prop him up. People people start looking to him as this, you know, golden boy and golden king and all this other stuff. But it was pretty interesting. Um, we went through First Samuel 22 where it talks about how David's like on the run. He's making stupid mistakes. Like he's lying to everybody. He's lying to priests. He's, he's doing all this stuff. And then this group of like outcasts, this, this is what the text says. Outcasts, people who are in debt, like kind of like thrown aside from society, like rally around David. And those are the guys that become like his elite. Mm. Right. And we could, we could, t- we could take that story and we could say, oh, well, you just need to have the build this community, like, like make like yourself charismatic yes and build this men. community. <laughs> you could be like David. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I have stories about how that could go wrong too. Um, oh, sure. So, I mean, but yet again, like we, if you put you could you could not seek that out, mm-hmm. and people could look at you, and then people could start trying to revere you. Yeah, and there's a point where you kind of have to say like. I need to put myself in check here yeah. and just be like, I am just as much a member of the church, mm-hmm. even though I may be in a leadership position or whatnot. You also need to have this humbleness and this relational dynamic to you that shows that I am not above you yeah. in the sense of like, I am not holier than thou. I, I don't have some sort of spiritual power that's greater than you Mm -hmm. um 
has God called me to lead you and and to be there for you? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it does not mean that I can use that as an advantage to take advantage of you Mm -hmm. and then also take advantage of other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that we can do that so often to where we're putting ourselves in the place of the king versus you need to let Jesus do the work and just kind of step aside. Yeah, no, that that's 100% <laughs> um, right, man. Yeah, that it really is. And, you know, that's something that I, whenever I'm counseling folks, that, that's something that I try to tell them. It's like, you know, just because I'm on this side of the table and you're on that side of the table in this scenario doesn't mean that tomorrow, yeah. right, the, the relationship is reversed, right? Because we're both, we're both, yeah. we both have the Holy Spirit within us. We both have the Word of God as our authority, right? And we're both each other's accountability, mm-hmm. right? Now, like some of us might have different experience, yeah. uh, in, in in you know, or more experience in certain things, right? But that's that's what it means to be a body together, right? That's why we have all these yeah. different people, you know, this motley crew of folks coming together to make the mm-hmm. church. And some people are ears, and some people are hands, and some people are feet, some people are eyes, right? And it's this beautiful picture that when everything comes together and people are vulnerable with each other, right? And you don't have this thing where, you know, uh, you know, the hands have got this, 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 you know, God complex, dude. And like, they think that they're everything in a bag of chips, you know, and the eyes don't even get me going on the eyes. You know what I'm saying? When you don't have that, everything runs the way that it should. And the people are blessed and God is glorified. Right. And that's, there's, when I, when I see that, you know, and I see that in discipleship ministries to kind of bring it, bring it full circle. Like when I see, like like Trenton described in his in his uh, in his uh, message to us, like he sees the relationships forming between the younger guys and the older yeah. guys. They're seeing to seeing a group of people, a group of men, talk to each other and have relationships with one another that wouldn't normally and knowing that the Lord used that event and used your, your work, right. And your desire to make that happen, that that the Lord honored that and the Lord blessed that man, like there's nothing better. There's, it's not like, like that is the best. It's better than mead, way better than kombucha. I can tell you that for sure. (laughs) Right. It's just, it's so, it's so (laughs) cool. Um, and yeah, it happens just like when you're saying, Jack. It happens when we remain humble, and we re- have that desire yep. for community, right? And man, the church is just the church is blessed when it happens, and that's exciting. That's exciting. I'm I am. It just it gets me excited, and it gets me fired up, and it gets me it gives me motivation to keep doing those things. Um, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, I don't know about you, but <laughs> it's late, and I'm tired, and it's hot here, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Big Eva has sung. <laughs> I think so, sir. Yeah. Well, why don't you get us out of here, my in man? In that case, yeah, in that case, we here at the Reformatory uh, can... Well, you can continue to join us in this conversation that we've just had about... Um, 
spurring people on to righteousness through different discipleship groups mm-hmm. uh, like men's ministry, like women's ministry. You can continue that conversation on the sociables, if you will. Uh, you can go on the Metaverse, the Facebook, and find us. You can go on the Instagram, if you will. goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. And you can go on the sociable formerly known as twitter or x as we like to call it x don't give it and follow us all at those tags (laughs) follow us all at those tags at reformatory pod josh you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in different endeavors if you will that's right besides the sociables absolutely so you can head on over to youtube we have youtube now Right, if you want the experience of not only listening but watching this podcast, I don't know why you'd want that, but you can see these. I know, dude. Four K, four K resolution in all its glory. Right, you can head on over to YouTube, uh, look for the Reformatory Podcast, subscribe, click the bell, like, comment, subscribe. You know, whatever the kids say these days, uh, we'd appreciate that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, you can rate and review the podcast. We really do appreciate that. If you're on Apple. It helps get the podcast out to more people. If you're on Apple, uh, we'd really appreciate you just scrolling down, giving us five stars. That'd be that'd be really really cool. Last but not least, you can head on over to Patreon, and for a five dollar holla, five dollars a month. That's it. Uh, you get a bunch of exclusive content. You get a couple bonus episodes every week. You get uh, some video content. You get uh, cool cool photos that we'll throw up um, right up there. Some discussion stuff, like just stuff, just stuff that's exclusive to our patrons. So if you want to do that, become a Patreon supporter. Our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is exactly right. We would really, really appreciate that. If you guys like episodes like this, where it's more conversational. Where uh, you know Jack and I are just kind of riffing. I think a lot of good stuff kind of comes from that. We have topics that we can you know go through, but I enjoy these types of conversations where uh, we go where the spirit leads, as it were. And if you enjoy that too, if you enjoyed the discussion and kind of the more the more raw, the more natural uh, discussion that uh, this episode was, let us know. We we'd like to maybe do some more of these kind of apps where it's not quite a riff app. Uh, like we still had some structure, but um, you know, like it's yeah. you get you get more. Uh, I would say you get more you get more natural conversation. But let us know either way. We really appreciate all you guys listening. We thank you. We love you, and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory.